You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healer. This week, we are on week 11 of The Artist's Way, Recovering a Sense of Autonomy. This chapter starts out talking about acceptance, which is a huge part of just growth as a person, but as an artist, you really do have to have a certain level of acceptance for who you are and the circumstances you might find yourself in at different stages of your process and your journey. I actually really enjoy the way she's written this part of the chapter. I feel like she writes it in first person and it just feels very true to me when I read certain parts of it. Like she starts out by talking about how each person is going to have a different mix of stability and flow. And I really enjoy that because I think from either, even in my spiritual business, I feel like this is something that resonates because she says that you may have a nine to five that steadies you and leaves you feeling more free to create because you don't have financial pressure or someone else might find that a nine to five drains them and leaves them without any energy to create. So this is sort of like an invitation to experiment with what works for you because you at the end of the day are the one who is going to be living this lifestyle and it needs to be something that's going to allow you to do the creative projects that you have in mind in order to reach your goals. She talks about cash flow as well and how typically it's more erratic if you're going more so in the full-time artist's uh, journey and what she says is like, it's good to kind of realize that there will be a balance of like times that you have a lot of money coming in and times that you won't have much coming in. And so that is a kind of a acceptance that you need to come to if you are going to go that route. And like any entrepreneur, you just have to know what is going to be your, your basic expenses and knowing when to save some and you know, when it's okay to spend and then anticipating that you will have some months you'll need to cover if there aren't a lot of uh, funds coming in, especially if you're doing a project where like for, let's say a whole month, you're just working on the next project and you don't have anything else coming in at the time. But the thing that I think is really important to note in that way is that there's a quote here that she says, I have to free myself from determining my value and the value of my work by my work's market value. And I think in terms of art, because market value is something, if you're going into like the fine arts and putting your work into galleries and shows and whatnot, you don't really know, like you can put a value on it, but people are going to pay what the market value is. And that's determined by like your work in relation to all of the other work, right? And so she says, like, if you look historically, a lot of the most famous artists that we look up to now were not, a, you know, appreciated in their time. And, you know, they made an, a living and they got through their life in a certain way. But 
they still created with the intention of creating what they felt needed to be created. They didn't necessarily create specifically for a certain amount of money that they thought it was worth. And going back to the other chapters where she talks about how creativity is a spiritual thing that flows through us, we have to keep in mind that when the ideas and things come to us, we can't really plan for what's going to come, right? So whatever needs to be created needs to be created or wants to be created, right? And the idea that we can somehow plan exactly how our career is going to unfold is just not realistic when you're in a creative area. So if you're being an artist or even a filmmaker or anything where it's more project-based and more based on work that you have to create and you don't necessarily know the time frame, then it's not something you can predict. And again, with market value, if there's a recession and people aren't buying as much of your work, there needs to be a backup plan too, right? So I just, like I said, really enjoy the way she wrote this. And there's this one part that she writes about that really made me smile where she talks about like, first of all, surrounding yourself with people that support you, which is very important, but also saying things about like just coming to a certain acceptance of like who you are in every area of your life. There's a phrase here that like a paragraph here that I love. She says, I may be a good cook, a rotten housekeeper and a strong artist. I am messy, disorganized, except as pertains to writing a demon for creative detail and not real interested in details like polished shoes and floors. To a large degree, my life is my art. And when it gets dull, so does my work. As an artist, I may poke into what other people think of as dead ends, a punk band that I mysteriously fall for, a piece of gospel music that hooks my inner ear, a piece of red silk I just like and add to a nice outfit, and thereby ruining it. So I just like that she talks of it like how we're a well-rounded person. We're not just the artist and we're not just a housekeeper. We're not just, you know, the person who does the cooking. And all of those things, at some point, we do have to just come to terms with like, this is the person I am. I'm not changing anytime soon. And then realizing how you can best balance your life in order to have the time for your creativity, but also honor the other parts of your life or find solutions for how somebody else might be able to support you with some of the tasks that don't let you up so that you do have more time. And as a generator, that's one of the main things that we're meant to do is to really just keep doing the things that light us up and find support for the things that really frustrate us and just feel like we're wasting our energy. Like, for example, I've talked before about ordering groceries and not having to go to the store and do it myself. I get so much done the days that I have groceries delivered just because I feel so good about that. And I think what she says here about as an artist, really cultivating your self-respect comes from doing the work and just really proving to yourself one piece or one gig or performance at a time, like she says, really does start to build your confidence and make you feel like a legitimate artist. And really, there's no one else that can determine that for you. You have to really dig into that within yourself. And 
I don't know, I guess just like allow yourself to see yourself that way. And I think when she talks about like doing the artist page, or sorry, the morning pages, even you think about like, you're not, you're showing up daily doing that. And that's how it all starts. Right. And you're not putting on a, a show for anyone. When you do that, it's really for yourself. So another thing she talks about is that there's a connection with this self-respect and self-nurturing because we also need to be that nice person to ourselves. We've talked about this before about how we need to remember that our inner artist is like an inner child. And so we really need to be our own biggest cheerleader. The more we can accept ourselves and love ourselves, the more we're able to do that for others. That's just a general good rule in life, I think. But when we go back to even when we look at the blocks that we saw before, like all of the addictions that might come up, the more we're like loving and nurturing our, our inner artist where we're like focusing and channeling that energy, the less likely we are to go back into those habits. So it really is like creativity ends up being a medicine for us, like a healing tool, because if we're naturally wanting to express that, the more we allow ourselves to do that, it's like when you feel better when you're active and you exercise more, it's something we need to make sure that we incorporate in our lives so that we can feel healthy as a person. And the last part of this section is talking about just not needing to be responsible, you know, in like the way you do things and doing things that are quirky and unusual because they are what feels right to you. It's like, she says, like, it is to hang on to a weird coat that makes us happy it is not is to not keep trying to be something that we aren't. And it's true. Like, I know I have all kinds of weird things that I'm just very obsessed with that other people would probably think are weird. And I think the more we allow ourselves to do that, the more we're choosing to be authentic and we're choosing to allow that creative inner artist a place in our real life where we can see it on a daily basis and see pieces of them around us. It's like if you have a loved one or a family member and you have photos of them around or gifts that they've given you, you feel good about that and you feel like if they were to visit, they would feel acknowledged and they would feel that they were important to you. And it's the same thing with the inner artist, having that reflected back to you when you walk around your own space is so important. The second section of this chapter is about success. And I actually really like the way she describes this because she talks about success as kind of like a moving target where every time we have a new goal or, you know, a new project to finish, a new line where we're like, I would feel successful if I got to this point. When we get there, it's not like we stop and we're like, okay, that's good. We then create like a new level and sometimes it can be exhausting because we feel like we're just constantly having to do more. But I think that's what makes it sustainable, sustainable. That's what makes it worthwhile. It's what keeps us going. And it's like an inner motivation to keep trying harder and to keep trying new things and experimenting and trusting that the right next thing will come to you. And I think the more we can understand that there's no particular 
goal that we can achieve that will make us feel like we are completely successful because every time we get to that point, we just start getting bored and thinking of what's next. And that's natural. It's something that we're meant to do. Creativity, like I said, is the process itself, the process of creating. So if we're no longer creating anything new and we're just like, yeah, I'm successful, then we're not using that creativity and we're going to start feeling restless again. She uses the word restless a lot in this description. And I think that, yes, it creates a lot of courage, but I think it also means that we're able to strive for something. And I think striving for something in life in general is always good. As long as you're not pushing yourself too hard, as long as you're finding a balance, like we were saying before, making sure that you're supported and your energy is being used towards things that light you up and that the things you don't want to do are still getting done in some way, shape or form. And another form of success that she talks about is going back to the financial aspect and how maybe you might be offered a lot of money for something that you don't really feel is aligned with who you are as an artist. And you have to make a choice of artistic integrity in that time of like, do I really risk my reputation and my own self-satisfaction for this short-term payoff? Or do I take a chance and say no and find something that is more aligned with us. And that's something that, you know, like I said, in art, there's really no guarantee, even stuff that is good is going to be worth what you think it is in the market. So as much as like, we like to see it as a business, creativity doesn't really function in the same way. Like there's no (laughs) strategy really that is universal. Yes, there are strategies that you can do to generate more income, but it often either makes you feel like you're not being fulfilled or you're exhausted because you're having to do so much. And so really just following your intuition and responding to things that feel good to you are going to be probably more rewarding overall than finding out what everybody else is buying and just making that because I mean even if you have something that's really popular she talks about how like people will keep wanting you to do that same thing and after a certain point even if you're like yeah I could get more money because this is like in demand now sometimes you have to be like you know what that's not what I want to make anymore and yeah it might be risky but I'm gonna go in this new direction It's like when an author or a filmmaker, you're used to seeing a certain genre from them and they switch it up. Sometimes it doesn't work so well and they go back to whatever they were doing before, but sometimes it works out surprisingly well and people are shocked at how amazing it turns out. When you think of an actor that maybe was in comedies for most of their career and then they pivot to something more dramatic and everyone is just moved by their performance. It's something that Sometimes as an artist, you do have to take a chance and go in a new direction, even when it seems like you have a sure thing. The next section is the Zen of sports. And in this one, she's talking about how there is action required as a creative and that sometimes it means physically moving. And 
as much as we are very creative intellectually and we're thinking of ideas and being inspired in our heads, we also need to physically move some energy. And so what she says is to focus on moving meditation. And this makes so much sense to me because this is something that I do really often when I go for a walk and I'm just still allowing myself to think, but allowing myself to do that in a way where I'm also physically moving energy instead of just sitting and trying to meditate because I don't often get a lot of inspiration that way. It's not that it never happens, but it tends to happen more when I'm doing something active and allowing my body to move energy through me. So this can be any kind of movement. Some people love swimming. Some people love running. You could even do some sort of a Tai Chi or something if you want something a little bit more relaxed. But the idea is to just find something that really makes you feel like you're getting some perspective and like your mind is resting from its usual busyness and opening up to new inspirations. It can be quite a spiritual experience as well, because, you know, talking about meditation, that is a typical spiritual practice, but moving meditation is just as spiritual. So it's kind of this nice blend where you may get creative inspiration. Sometimes it might just be more of a spiritual or intuitive hit that you get for a way to move in your life. But the idea is that by doing this, doing the morning pages, doing artist dates, if you have these as regular practices, you're physically moving energy and creating inspiration on a regular basis without having to like sit with a blank page or a blank canvas or whatever all the time in order to like start from scratch. You're constantly in movement and I would suggest having a notebook with you all the time to write down when these inspirations come to you because I don't know if you're like me, but I get a lot of ideas when I'm out, but if I don't either put them on my phone or write them down, I lose them. I'll get home and be like, what was that? So I would suggest at least having something, even if it is your phone, to just do a voice note, just to keep track of what comes to you, because I think you'll be surprised at how much starts to come when you do start to do some sort of a moving meditation. This is a shorter part of the chapter other than some examples she gives of different people's stories, but I do want to read the last paragraph. As we said before, we learn by going where we have to go. Exercise is often the going that moves us from stagnation to inspiration, from problem to solution, from self-pity to self-respect. We do learn by going. We learn we are stronger than we thought. We learn to look at things with a new perspective. We learn to serve our, solve our problems by tapping our own inner resources and listening for inspiration, not only from others, but from ourselves. Seemingly without effort, our answers come while we swim or stride or run or ride. By definition, this is one of the fruits of exercise. Exercise, the act of bringing into play or realizing in action. So it really is something that I've embodied more this year and it's brought a lot to me in terms of spiritual growth and shifts in creativity, even though it hasn't showed up in the typical mediums that I like to work in. It's showed up in audio work and in graphic design instead of printmaking and sculpture, but I've learned that that's okay. 
I do have a little bit of experience with watercolor that I've had this year, but I'm open to whatever way it comes through me. And the key is actually taking action on what does come to you. The last section of this chapter is to build your artist's altar. And this also is just a, a little part of the chapter about ritual and creating a ritual that works for you. Like for the last, I don't even know how long, my ritual has been that in the morning, I have my coffee, I do my cards, I record it in my journal, I do my morning pages, I doodle or write out anything that comes to me after doing that. I usually have inspirations that come while I'm doing my morning pages. And then from there, I either choose to move on to whatever work I have for the day or to work on whatever creative idea comes to my head. And the idea of the altar is creating a space in your office or your home or wherever you want to do this creative work where you feel inspired. And so this may be like what we talked about before, just like having things handy that you would want to use when inspiration strikes, having things that reflect what your inner artist wants to see. Like we were talking about like the gifts that you would give your inner artist that they would have on display. Maybe it's pictures from a certain time in childhood, or maybe it's the collage you've been making of all the images that inspire you, like your vision board, whatever it is that you can put in your area that's going to make you feel connected to source and connected to your own inspirations and creativity is the idea here, like making it so that it feels like a sacred space, but also kind of fun, like something a little bit maybe silly, to keep you in that inner artist, inner child mode. So just finding a way to do that, that would be really fun for you, but also make you feel like you can develop some rituals around the practice, even if that means also incorporating the walking meditation and then coming back in to the sacred space to write down whatever came to you or start working on whatever creative ideas come to mind, just finding ways to connect those things to feel like your whole life is kind of like a moving meditation is how I interpret it. And then the tasks this week, there are a lot of them. The first one is to tape your own voice reading the basic principles from the book, or also choosing a favorite essay from the book and taping it, um, and then using it for a meditation or for a reflection. I, like I said, just read that one chap uh, that one paragraph, actually a couple paragraphs in this one. And those are ones that I might consider doing that with and using that when I need that inspiration. But you can probably find most of it online. Like if you were to look up the basic principles or look up the artist's way, I'm sure somebody has put it there or you could probably find an ebook or get it from the library and take a photo and record it. But it could, you could just do that. I think, honestly, what I'm feeling right now in the moment is just whatever your favorite books or whatever inspires you, just remembering to make that part of your practice, to have like an audio journal where you record these kinds of things. And that way you could make yourself even a playlist of your own voice reading it to just reflect when you're going for these walks. And then she says to write it out in longhand, the artist's prayer from this book. But again just writing out in your own handwriting anything that resonates with you from books or things that you've heard or 
um, read somewhere else. And then I live, love this one. Number three is to buy yourself a special creativity notebook. And then to number pages one through seven and give one page each to health, possessions, leisure, relationships, creativity, career, and spirituality. And then without thinking about the practical nature of them, list 10 wishes for each one. And then let yourself dream and like see what comes to mind. And I think then it helps you focus your energy when we were talking about balance before, which came up a lot this week for me in general, including in Card Pull Friday, and just trying to see what would feel good to you. And then number four is working with the honest changes section that you did in week four. Really start to look at how you've changed since then and since beginning your creative recovery. Number five is to list five ways you will change as you continue. Number six is list five ways you plan to nurture yourself in the next six months. So this can be courses you'll take, supplies you will get for yourself, artist dates, and even vacations that are just for yourself. Number seven is to take out a piece of paper and plan one week's nurturing for yourself. And this has to be one concrete loving action every day. And if you want to add more, by all means, add more. Number eight is to write and mail an encouraging letter to your inner artist. And like she says, it sounds silly, but receiving it will feel silly and fun. And it's something that really can just be reinforcement, seeing it in your own handwriting. Number nine is once more re-examine your God concept. Does your belief system limit or support your creative expansion? And are you open-minded about altering your concept of God? And again, the word God doesn't need to be used, just source and how that connects to your creativity and inspiration and spirituality. Number 10 is to list 10 examples of personal synchronicity that support the possibility of a nurturing creative force. So times when you may have been even in this process of doing these 12 weeks so far, times when something showed up that you were thinking of, or times when you found something that you forgot you bought for yourself at another time. And feel free to share those because I love synchronicities, as we all know. The last thing I want to mention is that um, in January, I realized I can't believe it's already like the middle of December, but at the end of January is going to be one year of this podcast. And I would love to do an episode featuring clips from your favorite episodes. So you could, if you could DM me on spirit crumbs or on concrete and crystals, or go to the episode posts in spirit crumbs and comment on them, or even share them to your stories. If it's a, if it's one that you feel other people would enjoy, that would be so helpful. And I think it would be so fun for me to actually go through and take clips from those. And then if you wouldn't mind doing a rating and a review on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts, that would be helpful as well because I'm doing kind of a year end reflection for the podcast and trying to see how I might be able to improve it or really just hearing what your favorite parts are to do more of that. 
And I just want to say that even though it's not quite there, I'm not quite there yet. I do appreciate everybody that listens. I get excited every time I see what episodes are being listened to over and over again. And I really love hearing which ones resonate with you the most. I am excited for next week, which is the last week already, week 12, recovering a sense of faith. So I look forward to chatting with you next week about that one. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs. Or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.